you think you've done enough in the wiping area of bathrooming and then you you hike up your drawers you you pack out of the bathroom and and it's like 10 or 15 minutes later and you get that weird itch and you get that weird like oh man i gotta go back and revisit the wipe zone Welcome to Privy, potty aficionados. Not sure if that's going to stick, but uh, this is a podcast about toilets recorded live from a toilet. Uh, I'm Hunter. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a guy who has lots of stories around bathrooms, and um, I would say I spend a moderate to... Yeah, I'd say moderate amount of time in restrooms as compared to others. Uh, And one of the things that uh, I kind of have become is just overly curious on the everyday stuff. And so I sat down and if you were asking yourself, why is this guy uh, making podcasts about bathrooms and stuff? It's because I got really curious about restrooms and about uh, the history and just all the different things that go into restrooms. Um, and so we're going to explore those, as I stated last week. But uh, this week, uh, quick check-in. So uh, it's been really good to to get the podcast out there and begin um Taking bathrooms really seriously, and I know that sounds like I'm joking, but uh, it's very, very important that we take bathrooms seriously. Uh, We spend a lot of time in bathrooms, and so there's no sense in dilly-dallying or goofing around if we're going to be talking about them. Um, So um, we're going to be talking about something that is very, very near and dear to my heart, um, but it's also even more near and dear to my bottom uh, this week, and that's going to be toilet paper. The stuff is wonderful. I'm staring at some right now. It is Kirkland Signature Bath Tissue, um, and this claims that it has 425 sheets per roll. Never counted it. No reason to doubt them. Uh, but this week we're talking about toilet paper. So Remember, one of the things that is going to happen frequently as we go through is we are going to realize, man, we are probably living in the prime history of bathrooming, and that's great. Uh, and so this is no, no, no difference here. We are living in the prime of, of instruments to wipe our bottom with. Uh, and we have countless options of material. So uh, like I said, I've got Kirkland Signature. Uh, the stuff is cheap, but it also isn't like paper thin, which is super great. But they also have like the stuff that is at most people's employers, which is like barely tissue paper, and we're going to talk about hole punching yourself later. Um, but they also have this like triple ply plush bare fur crusted toilet paper that you're you're going to be able to take a nap on if you really wanted to. Um, and so there, there's countless, countless different things that we use as paper today um, to de-dookie our bottoms. We have no shortage of options to wipe with. Uh, and so as we are entering the new year, um, I want you to take a moment and think about how blessed you are to live in a time where we have something, and anything, to wipe with. 
and, and let alone something that is disposable, that you deal with it and it's done and it's gone. Because one of the things we're going to look at is, is just some of the insane things that people have used throughout history to wipe themselves. And we talked a little bit uh, last week about the ancient Roman wiping wand. Uh, what a treasure that is, and, and thank goodness we have moved past that. Um, so, uh, in olden times, there was a number of instruments uh, that we used to wipe. And so, I'm just going to list a few of these, and I, and I might get stuck on a few of them, because uh, as you will see, they are worth getting stuck on. So, uh, those, those instruments for wiping throughout history include bits of fabric, Makes sense. Um, leaves, bark, nope, big nope there. Uh, sticks, palm branches, snow, I kind of get that, would be cold. Uh, moss, corn husks, and corn cobs. Now, we're going to take a look at corn cobs because we need to talk a bit about that. But could we just take a moment and how wild it is to remember that your hand is an option. And, and still in many cultures today, it is totally acceptable to reach back with your hand, wipe, and then later wash your hand. Uh, and with that in mind, at some point, folks chose corn cobs and sticks over their hand. So first, it should be noted um, that there's been a, a number of items used over the years, uh, and, and it is a, and I don't think I need to explain this to too many people, but it's obvious that wiping is better than not. Uh, and, and unfortunately, when we're doing a podcast about bathrooming, there's going to be some instances where there's going to be talk that is maybe not the most comfortable. But I would hope that I'm not speaking into an echo chamber when I, when I talk about that sensation where you think you've done enough in the wiping area of bathrooming, and then you, you hike up your drawers, you, you pack out of the bathroom, and, and it's like 10 or 15 minutes later, and you get that weird itch, and you get that weird like, oh man, I gotta go back and revisit the wipe zone, because maybe you missed it. Now imagine that, but you never did anything. You just pooped, and then moved on. It's got to be a mess. And so I don't think it took people in history too long to figure out, hey, we should probably do something to get rid of this nasty brown stuff. Um, and so just a little fun thing there. Uh, we, have, we have a lot of things, like you saw, through history um, that are, um, but that they used for this type of stuff. And I wonder often, like, obviously I think maybe the hand was probably one of the early things that they said, yeah, okay, we can de-poop with this. But I wonder what some of those other things were early on. Um, it makes you wonder. But uh, as they did, I guess it's science, to figure out what worked well and what did not, I, I don't think it took long to realize, like, soft is good. Um, and sharing is bad, but we made it to the Romans, so they shared. And so I think nowadays, in, in my brain, and, and I'm sure that if, if you have opinions about this, please, please, please feel free to let me know. But as I think about toilet paper, 
I think of the threefold traits of good toilet paper being durability, comfort, and practicality. And so as we look at some of these uh, maybe older and, and more arcane ways of wiping your bum, uh, we're going to maybe make comments about durability, comfort, and practicality. Because, uh, like I said, you know, a durability today would, I think Kirkland Signature is pretty durable. I don't have any complaints on the comfort zone. It's pretty practical. It comes on a roll. Uh, and my wife and I fight over which way it's supposed to face. But um, early people, they likely reached for leaves and ferns, highly practical, maybe not so comfortable. Um, and then later, moss. So we're, you see how we're, we're moving from um, what is easy to get a hold of and going, okay, but if I work a little bit harder, I can find this nice spongy stuff and it doesn't hurt my butt as much. Uh, and so moving into moss and other natural material, and, and that makes sense. You know, you go in or near the bush to go to the bathroom, you, you might as well use part of the bush to clean up. And imagine learning about plant life around you through that method. The way that we identify plants is, oh yeah, that's the one that's really nice on my butt when I wipe with it. Today we have like scientific names, but before that, you know, it, it's a possibility that that is soft on my derrieriferous and I'm I'm going to use that to wipe. Also, Dave's not around this week. Um, he's still chilling in ancient Rome, uh, so we'll have to find a new friend as we maybe talk about some of these things. But uh, later, it seems people began to reach for things that had a cleaning quality. So we see like snow or maybe you just take a bath after you go poop and you, you don't even worry about the whole wiping thing because now you're just getting right in there. Um, but ima man, imagine using snow. That has to be cold. Um, I've, I've only used a bidet once and, and that... It was probably room temperature water, but man, when it is blasting you, it's cold. And it, the sensation is that it is cold. So I, I can't imagine just yoinking snow back there in order to clean yourself, but whatever. Frost blast to the booty zone, but at least you're clean. Low comfort, medium practicality. I'm not even going to get into the durability and the melting and all that stuff. That's a mess. Um, but but taking a bath after each time you go to the bathroom, that gets a pretty low practicality, especially later um, when, when good water was of shortage. And so you're probably washing with like also nasty water. Um, it's a mess. Uh, so it also appears that at some point, reaching back and like getting the, the motion back to the zone was a problem because people started turning to instruments. And we, we talked last week in the ancient Romans about the, the wiping wand and that that's going to make a little bit of a thing with the stick, but, um, they, they would often use like rags or strips of material tied around them. Uh, maybe it gave more leverage and in parts of the world where corn existed, here we go. Um, people would use the husks and then also the eaten cobs for wiping. And that is just a terribly awful picture. It just, you're, you have finished your bathroom business and what do you reach for to clean your poop off of you 
but a hopefully eaten corn cob. I mean, I assume that they had the courtesy to at least eat the corn off the cob before they cob into the butt zone. And now I have super duper honesty time. I have this terrible picture that sometimes happens when you eat too much corn and it doesn't get digested as well. And now you have wiped and there is the corn has returned full circle to the cob. That's in my head and I'm sorry that I shared it. But imagine walking up, also, nope, imagine walking up, you, you're maybe headed to the local bush to use the restroom as well, and you round the corner, and here's Charles posted up behind the bush, and he's got the corn cob, and he is using the corn cob to clean himself. I, I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do with that information. To me, Charles and I's relationship has to change. It has to. Because I've seen what Charles does with the corn cob now, and it's not okay, and I can't unsee it. And I'm sorry, Charles, but I'm probably not going to come over and hang out as often. Or I would. Who knows? Um, but historically, uh, most anything could be used for wiping if it was convenient enough and there was enough of the item laying around that it was easily accessible. Um, and it should be noted that paper and things similar to paper existed during a lot of these times, but paper and papyrus and other such materials were valuable. And so using them for anything other than writing or record keeping, that was unheard of. Like you're using the thing by which we pass information on to depoop yourself. And why use history books when a fern will do the trick, I guess, is the thought. I would argue the fern does not do the trick, in my opinion, today. Uh, but the first sign of toilet paper was for the, Chi was for the Chinese emperor in 1390. I'm not sure what made the family make his toilet paper, uh, but one of the first things they realized is that there wasn't a great way to dispose of waste at the time. And so they found that the cracks still stank. And so to address that concern, the first take on toilet paper was actually perfumed. They were these perfumed sheets that they would soak in some stank liquid and then you would like present it to the Chinese emperor and go, here you go friend, um, please clean your zone with this nice good smelling paper. Uh, it was perfumed and that's wild. I hope it wasn't wet. I don't know if it was like more on the seasoned side of perfume rather than the soaked side. But in my brain, it's this like almost like Clorox wet wipe, baby wipe, but it smells like lavender and then they wiped with that. That's what I have in my brain. As paper became easier to make, likely after the printing press and, and other technologies, people may have turned to perhaps the pages of their least favorite books to wipe themselves. Uh, and I know like a lot of times there's this joke going around of, you know, toilet paper costs so much money that you'd be better off wiping your butt with real money. And I don't think we're there, but man, imagine the the dig of, of taking some author's book and using it to wipe your, your butt. I guess they'd never know unless you told them, but I don't know. I guess 
I'm trying to think of what book I would use first. I don't know, probably some like young adult thing that's written today. I feel like there's too many of them, but whatever. Um, so you've got like possibly books being torn to use as toilet paper. And now we are with the Chinese emperor and this idea of the printing press, we are in the paper family, but we are not out of the woods yet. And so after 500 years, um, the emperor did his thing. And then 500 years later, uh, Joseph Gietti seems to have taken uh, a play out of history with the first commercially packaged toilet paper in 1857. Uh, and like the Chinese counterpart, they were packaged in sheets, stacked one upon the other, much like a ream of paper or a box of Swiffer pads. Uh, and another play that he took out of the product on the pads is that they were medicated with aloe. So you have these, like, medicated butt wipes that have the the good good juice that is used for sunburns but now it's used for helping your butt not have butt stuff on it um i don't like what i just said anyway um they were medicated with aloe and the other thing and, and this is the wild part is like this man made a a piece of paper that he knew hey I'm going to make these sheets and people are going to grab them and people are going to stick them on near or in their butt to remove poop. You know what I should do? I'm going to print my name on them. So he printed his name on every sheet and thus the Gietti medicated paper came to be and almost uh, as soon as it came to be, uh, it proved too costly because it, it was a huge flop and, and I don't know... To me, I would have like, yeah. I don't think people want aloe, but but that's just my thought. So then Seth Wheeler, a man named Seth Wheeler, had the idea of putting paper into rolls and later perforating the sheets, which is wild that like, I don't know, to me the perforation is the least like convenient thing. Like you can just tear it. It's not that thick. But uh, Seth Wheeler is the guy we have to thank for the, the idea of the toilet paper roll and putting it on these sheets. Uh, and the patent was granted to Seth Wheeler in 1871 for the toilet paper roll. And this patent has become famous in recent years um, because somebody decided that they needed to take it and post it and pass it around the internet as a way to show, hey, um, possibly husbands and maybe also possibly wives out there, you've been putting the toilet paper on, and this is where the air quotes come in, backwards your whole lives. Um, I'm not sure why it matters so much, but Seth Wheeler's patent suggests that and this is where we settle nothing but do say it, that the toilet paper is supposed to flop over the front. Um, not sure why, but that's how Seth wanted it, and so that's how Seth gets it. Um, and so from this new idea, the Scott Paper Company, now, I can't read that without thinking of the Michael Scott Paper Company, but the Scott Paper Company began to produce rolls of toilet paper though it was not marked as such. Um, and the reason is, in, in complete pendulum swing from uh, the Gaetti medicated paper, is Gaetti's like, my name on every sheet that will touch a person's butt. And the Scott Paper Company 
was like, we are not besmirching our company's name, and so we do not want to be associated with this good toilet paper that we're going to be making. And so we've moved from wiping with a corn cob to worrying about if a piece of tissue paper is being used on someone's butt to besmirch the company's name who made it. And you can almost like, we live in a different world because you can almost hear like some old lady in near or around the boardroom of the Scott Paper Company hearing folks were introducing toilet paper and she just swoons and passes out in the background and like a dish breaks. Um, just in my brain, I guess. Eventually, it stopped being taboo to talk about booty wiping. Uh, that or the toilet paper began to make so much money that they stopped caring. Because in 1902, the Scott Paper Company stopped selling their products under many brand names and began selling Waldorf toilet paper, which was their first branded toilet paper. Uh, and from there, Scott Tissue was a thing of marketing. And as they branded and rebranded their new rolls of perforated tissue, they saw sales and profits increase. Uh, and, and it makes sense. You have now made something that meets the three criteria. It's comfortable, it's durable, and it's practical. It's on a roll. Um, it's great. I love the stuff. Toilet paper is amazing. Uh, and outside of marketing, the Scott Paper Company was, was profitable because of their good timing. Um, about the time that the toilet paper roll started to be produced by the Scott Paper Company, um, indoor plumbing had become more and more popular and standardized in homes. And it was as if these two technologies and inventions were seemingly made for each other and led to one another's success. Um, and... I wonder how thin that toilet paper was, like Scott toilet paper was back in the day. Because, like, I'm thinking, I'm a janitor, so that also lends to a lot of my interest in toilets. I've seen some great things, and I'm sure you'll hear some stories on here. Um, but one of the things that I see so much as a janitor is the moment where someone has obviously tried to flush too much, and then it's like... Well, I've sunk that much toilet paper. Maybe I should try to put more toilet paper in the bowl and see if it will also go down with the stuff that has not gone down so far. And then you end up with the like almost basketball size clump of wet toilet paper that has decided to lodge itself in the hole at the bottom of the toilet. Uh, and so that's just a little treasure that I get and I'm looking at the side of this Kirkland signature and it says that it's good for septic tanks. And so those two things make me think that whatever this toilet paper was like early in the day, it had to be paper thin. And you know that the first time somebody went to wipe their butt and their finger punched through that toilet paper, they cursed the Scott Paper Company. Nobody wants that. And so I just, with the state of early plumbing, I just can't imagine that the Scott Paper was good stuff. Maybe it was. Um, if somebody out there, I don't know, if I'm going to look it up later, but if, if I can find like a picture of this stuff, if it was better, better quality than the toilet paper we have now, we've got a lot to think about. Um, but packaging, softness, sizing, wrapper all changed throughout the years. 
Yeah, see, softness, that means it got better. Um, to keep the Scott Paper Company relevant. And the Scott Paper Company existed as an entity until 1995, but Scott's tissue, tissue, Scott tissue is still sold today. This stuff's still around. Like I can go to Fred Meyer Nerd Mart and buy Scott tissue. I don't because Kirkland Signature, again, is, in my opinion, the best bang for your buck. And, and I don't believe you need anything much thicker. Never hole punched myself with a piece of Kirkland Signature. But the reason, if, if we have nothing to be thankful for, it, take time to be thankful that you live in a time with toilet paper. I know I, I mentioned at the end of last week, like, hey, be thankful that you're not doing the whole, like, wipe wand, fighting rats, sitting next to Dave. But for real, that moment when you go into a bathroom and you do your business and you poop and then you reach for toilet paper and there's none there, that feeling is terrible. It's the worst, especially if you're in like a public restroom or in a restroom like in a store, because then you have no clue if you're going to be able to incognito your way into another stall to grab some toilet paper or God forbid that stall is also out and then we've got a new problem. So think about that feeling that you have when there's no toilet paper and now magnify it that it doesn't exist. That's an awful feeling. And you'd have to get creative and I think you'd probably have to do laundry a lot more for a while if you I mean as I think about it I'd probably like take off a sock and try that out bef at least before I'd do a corn cob. That's just me. Um so we we have a lot to be thankful for. We treat it toilet paper. This is the weird thing is today I think a lot of times we treat toilet paper as a right. We think we're like entitled to have toilet paper. We go into a bathroom at a restaurant or a store or in a public place. And if there's no toilet paper, like I said, it's like, oh man, they blew it. There's no toilet paper here. That's rough. And it, it's a privilege. A company, I mean, they probably, there might be laws about this. I don't know. I should probably not say that. But I, I don't know the legal ramifications of if a place says no we don't have to provide you toilet paper i don't know how much of that is actually a right versus how much of it is just we have gotten so used to having toilet paper that it's just the norm to have it every but no matter what you're wiping with something and that's good and so as we like and end out the week i i want to introduce um Something that I think will be an ongoing thing that will come up, uh, and and that is I'm going to try to share a perhaps a story, bathroom related story that I have heard or undergone at some point in my life, and so uh, this one comes to us, and I'm and I'm trying to keep it uh, toilet paper related. But this one comes to us from 
uh, I don't remember. I think it was when I was in college and we were talking about pranks. And um, I, I grew up in Montana but went to college in Oregon. And so we were talking about like TPing and that type thing. And um, one of the folks who had grown up in Oregon was like, oh, yeah, we don't TP here. Because when you TP, like... It rains and that stuff gets nasty and it gets stuck everywhere. And I remember um, just thinking about that and, and just thinking about that is just a prank within a prank. And so I, I've often wanted and, and never have, but I remember one day um, going to the dining hall and just seeing this toilet paper in this tree uh, before the rain had come and it was almost this glorious looking thing because there's just like toilet paper almost seemingly to like decorate this tree and then later that afternoon it rained and I got to see firsthand exactly what this guy was talking about it looked terrible and there was like toilet paper all over in the grass and stuck to the tree and then when it dried it got hard and it was weird um, and so it makes you wonder what the stuff's made out of, but maybe that's another day on Privy. As we close, uh, it's, it's one of those things where it's been super fun to release the podcast and I'm excited to, uh, get more into bathroom stuff. Uh, but as always, like I, I would encourage you, if you like the show, please, 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 please leave a review. Um, that is one of the easiest ways that other people are able to find the show. Um, and then also sharing either by word of mouth or online is, is a great way for others to uh, learn more about the very important information that we talk about regarding toilets. Uh, and so, um, again, it's, it's privycast on Instagram and Twitter, uh, and privycast at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any questions or would like to like, put out a topic or offer a correction um, and then there's nothing else to say but don't forget to flush